What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Karen Lewis on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. You guys, it's 5 a.m. her time while recording. So Karen, just thank you so much for jumping on, especially this early. I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Sure. Um, So I'll start where most people start, which is uh, I met my husband um, overseas. We're both teaching at the time. Um, He's American and I'm Canadian. So uh, we were dating while we were overseas. And then when we came home, um, we were really kind of thinking about whether we would continue to date. Um, And then we actually got engaged and things kind of progressed pretty quickly. So uh, we got married um, within a year of knowing each other um, and then started the immigration process so that we could be living together. So we were married, living apart. Um, But um, so totally not what I was expecting, but um, really happy. And we had discussed kind of what we were going to do with our lives, uh, you know, children, uh, our careers. Um, And he had mentioned that he really wanted four children. And for me, um, I wanted exactly zero. Um, So that was kind of something that um, we were aware of. We weren't kind of necessarily aligned, but I think he probably knew sooner than I did that that might adjust. So uh, we were really enjoying being a young married couple. Uh, we, we were traveling a lot. Um, our careers were taking off and we bought a house. Um, so it was a good time uh, just to be together. Um, I think in particular because we, had not dated for a long time before we got married. Um, So that was great. And uh, about five years into our marriage, we decided it was then time to start trying for a family. Um, So over a year um, of trying, nothing was really happening, but we decided to put things on pause just due to some uncertainty with job security. And I was really having some weird cycles, um, which is probably why it was difficult to get pregnant. I had some that were, you know, 30 days, some that were as long as 60 days. I was charting and just getting really kind of annoyed and exhausted with the whole thing. Um, So I wasn't all that disappointed to put things on pause. Um, But interestingly, um, it was maybe a month later, um, I, I, I did find out that we are pregnant. Um, and so that was in January, um, but uh, I mentioned about job security. Um, his current job was uh, planned to kind of wrap up at the end of June. And so we were talking about how his career, um, how that would impact uh, the new baby uh, coming along. Um, so we talked about just how we'd manage that potentially with um having the baby, maybe me going back to work, um, and him staying home potentially. 
Um, but it didn't actually turn out that way. Um, he received the new job offer, but that would actually bring us back to the US. Um, so in June, my husband moved. At that time, I guess I was um, six months pregnant almost, something like that. Um, so it was a little strange to be apart. Um, so I was just sending him, you know, pictures of my baby bump. We were calling every day, video chatting. Um, I was ensuring that he was preparing our new home to be ready for the baby uh, when we were ready to move. Um, so kind of directing him to set up the nursery just exactly how I wanted it was um, an interesting experience. Um, I started working from home. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to do that with my own job. Um, and this was in late July. And I was just really, really uncomfortable. I had a pretty long commute. Um, and then one day, uh, actually two days after I started working from home, I was walking up the stairs just to go from the kitchen table where I set up on my laptop um, to use the bathroom and my water broke. Um, so that was very surprising. Uh, I was just uh, 32 weeks at the time. So I called my husband and he was actually on a flight um, for work. So he was literally on the flight. They had not yet closed the doors. Um, and he asked me if I had called the midwife, which I had not yet. I don't know why I hadn't. Um, I just immediately thought to call him. Um, but he asked, uh, if he should get off the flight. I wasn't exactly sure what was going to happen. So I said, sure, okay, get off the flight. Um, and then he was able to um, start, get, get, get a flight over to um, come and be with me. It was, um, you know, he was coming from Chicago to Toronto, um, but I'm glad I caught him before his flight took off, certainly. So again, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. Um, I did call my midwife um, and she said, uh, okay, you know, are you sure you didn't pee yourself? Um, this is my first child. So perhaps that's something that happens a lot and new moms just maybe don't know. Um, but anyways, uh, I met her at the hospital and uh, we had a non-stress test. Nothing was happening. I wasn't having any contractions baby was looking happy, my cervix was closed, um, and they did swab me and confirmed it was amniotic fluid. Uh, they gave me a shot of steroids because, uh, again, I was 32 weeks, and I was told I wouldn't be released uh, from the hospital until our baby was born and that it could be hours or it could be weeks. Um, so that was a very strange time. Um, Long story short, things progressed very quickly, um, and my husband missed the birth, uh, but he arrived shortly after, and while our son was premature, he was what they called a grower and a feeder, and he was very healthy, and we were, uh, he was discharged at three weeks, so three weeks later. So, um, I guess we hadn't planned, of course, on our son being born, while we were living in different countries, that wasn't exactly part of our plan, um, but we managed. And um, when he was released, we moved um, to Chicago together as a family. Um, but what's nice is we moved away from my family, unfortunately, uh, but closer to my husband's family. So especially with a little one, 
um, it was nice to, to be around family. Um, as I moved uh, just after the birth, um, my OB was transferred. Um, so I had all of my postpartum care uh, in Chicago. And I, I linked up with this doctor. Um, he knew our situation. Um, and even though I had initially had the idea that we'd have zero babies, um, I think after having my son, uh, I definitely warmed up to um, kind of landed on on three maybe. And we're just really excited to grow our family and have babies close in age. So um, almost right away, I talked to my OB about some of the difficulties that we had conceiving my son um, and just my concerns, especially with his prematurity. We never really did find out why that happened or um, typically it's related to either infection, um, which he didn't have. Um, so it was just kind of one of those unknowns, but certainly a concern for subsequent pregnancies. So I, I had talked this over with my OB, um, and when my son was around 10 months, we did some testing with my OB, so blood work and ultrasound um, at a specific time frame within my cycle. And he said I wasn't ovulating or that it was weak ovulation um, and that we talk about some options to encourage this for the next cycle. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, oddly, um, that cycle that he said I didn't ovulate was the cycle we conceived our second son. So um, I was really surprised but excited. Uh, again, we, were, we really wanted our children to be close in age. Um, but our doctor was very cautious and warned us about not, he said, don't get too excited. Um, I'm not sure why. I think he said that maybe it was my blood work or early ultrasound, or maybe the combination of the two just didn't suggest a healthy pregnancy. Um, luckily, um, his concerns seemed to, to have been um, unnecessary and so we welcomed a second son nine months later uh, no complications uh, healthy to term and um, one of the things with my second son um, was that I did have to have weekly progesterone shots from 16 to 36 weeks just to uh, ensure that he's not premature as well so uh, we adjusted to having two babies. Um, and while my husband, he's um, a fantastic father um, and he loves them so dearly, there was definitely some stress and adjustment about how to adjust to two children, um, especially so young. Um, and again, my, my number was kind of at three um, and his, I think, was firmly at two or um, at minimum, it, it was important to him. He said it was, you know, one, one to two wasn't a simple multiplier of effort, but really exponential, um, which I totally agree. Um, but again, just in my heart, I kind of thought about three. Um, my kids are just amazing. I, I love them so much. And I, I just, I felt that we were missing someone in our family. So um, even, even the day our second son was, was born, um, I had talked about the next time. Um, I, I would think about doing XYZ with my birth plan um, if that were, were something that we, we were able to do. So um, 
after my second son was born, uh, we had um, another job opportunity that would relocate our family, um, but it meant being apart again for a time. Um, that seems to be kind of our style, I guess. Um, so I moved out uh, to the West Coast for a job, um, and my husband at the time took care of our then nine-month-old and two-and-a-half-year-old on his own. Um, while we managed the cross-country move. Um, and then I did the same on my end when he sold our house and wrapped up his own work um, and while I had our boys here. So um, shout out to single parents. It can be super hard um, and it's hard with both parents sometimes. So, um, but that was, I think, really difficult um, move for us cross-country. Um, but we managed. Um, but I think really that definitely did weigh in maybe uh, into my husband's consideration of maybe being done after two. So um, even though he, he had kind of expressed this, but I really did share, um, I, I, I felt like we were missing somebody and I had no timeline, um, but I just really made sure he knew how serious I was about a third child and that uh, if he wasn't at least open to discussing a third child, but I think we needed to kind of have a larger conversation about that. Um, we'd had a lot of change in a short time, so it wasn't anything that immediately we were thinking about, we were adjusting, we were really happy with the move, things were going really well. Um, so fast forward to um, this past fall, um, late October, beginning of uh, November, uh, my husband and my oldest son uh, both got strep, um, which was pretty miserable. Um, I hadn't been feeling well either. I was feeling super tired and had a really sore throat. Um, as we had just relocated earlier in the year, um, well, my husband and my kids uh, had got set up with a primary care provider. Um, I didn't have a doctor yet, so I went to urgent care. Um, it was pretty awful. Uh, they have to scrape the very back of your throat and then it's dipped into a vial and you get the results in a few minutes. So here I am almost having thrown up on this poor doctor moments ago, waiting for the test to show the result to read, just hanging out in the room with the doctor uh, while watching the clock. And she says, it's kind of like a pregnancy test for your throat, um, which now I find really ironic and probably oddly so. But um, it turns out uh, I did not have strep, um, but I continued to feel terrible. Um, I hadn't missed my period yet, but my cycle length can vary sometimes from maybe 29 to 31 days. I hadn't had any like super long cycles or weird cycles since years and years ago. So um, I had kind of settled in on 29 to 30, 31 days um, and I hadn't thought much about it. Uh, I wasn't late again. Um, but I figured uh, I should take a test, and uh, lo and behold, um, it was it was positive. So um, I really didn't think it was something that would happen, um, given what we had been told when we got pregnant with our second son, and just how long it took for um, getting pregnant with our first. Um, I, I really didn't believe that I was ovulating, and I just figured it was um, kind of a little bit of a fluke, if you will, that I did ovulate that cycle. Um, we got pregnant with my second son. Um, and I was actually really, um, the pregnancy was a, a surprise and I, I was just really struggling with that. Um, 
again, I definitely wanted a third child, but my husband and I, we, we hadn't gotten on the same page of, uh, about that yet. So that was really, really challenging. Um, so when I called him, I was a little upset, um, to be quite honest. Um, and he just said kind of everything that I needed to hear. And it was actually a little bit of a shock. Um, things like it was meant to be, uh, your body was clearly ready for this. Um, he was just really, really great and kind of settled any of the anxieties I had. Um, but I, I did have to kind of get over the shock factor. And then I was just so excited that, you know, we're, we're going to be welcoming this new baby. Um, so he, he was just so wonderful. So uh, after I took a test at home, I went back to urgent care um, and she didn't take me or she didn't have me take a, a, a test at the office or anything. She just uh, put in an order for blood work, um, which I did later that afternoon. Um, it was still super, super early. Um, uh, I, I hadn't missed my period yet, but it was at 63, um, which I think she said was normal. Um, and then I called up the primary care clinic um, so I could get in uh, for a new patient appointment. Um, hopefully something would open up. I explained I was pregnant um, and luckily I got in a few days later um, with them so I wouldn't have to continue going to urgent care for, for any of those needs. So at my uh, primary care uh, intake meeting, I met with this doctor, and since it was both my initial appointment and one related to a new pregnancy, I just uh, mentioned about our fertility struggles, that this baby was a surprise, a very happy surprise, but a surprise nonetheless, um, and just about uh, the questions about whether I was ovulating, also suspected low progesterone, um, the, the shots actually that I had to take with my son, uh, my second son. Uh, McKenna is just progesterone. So definitely it's something that I had concerns about. I, I didn't have any um, testing or anything done with that. It's just kind of typical protocol when you have um, a premature baby that that's hopefully uh, meant to help you bring them to term. So, um, but knowing progesterone is, is part of that. I, I did have some questions about that. And so I mentioned that and well, they sent me for blood work um, for like a massive amount of things. Um, you know, I think what, what would be typical for any new patient in, intake, um, progesterone wasn't one of them. Um, and oddly, uh, they didn't check uh, HCG either. So I, I find that kind of interesting now. Um, the doctor had said, you know, well, you've had two successful pregnancies. It doesn't look like holding on to pregnancy is the issue. Um, and regarding the new pregnancy, um, she had just mentioned that sometimes your body recognizes more easily what to do after pregnant, uh, subsequent pregnancies. So I, I kind of like chalked it up to something like a uterus muscle memory, which I know is like not really a thing at all. Um, but anyways, she, she just had, I guess what were meant to be reassuring words, um, but looking back, it was kind of, I guess, odd. I, I'm not really sure. Um, so I, I, they didn't send me for additional HCG uh, draws. I guess they were just happy with the initial draw. 
um, and just scheduled me for the first ultrasound. Um, I had been feeling okay up to that point, just really tired. I was going to bed at like 7 p.m., um, just really spent. Um, but I kind of took that to be a good sign. Uh, I know it's you know a lot of work to, to grow a baby. Um, when I did schedule my first ultrasound, they wanted it to be around seven weeks. Um, I waited till I was just shy of eight weeks. Um, again, having longer cycles, um, I, I didn't want to go too early. Um, I did go by myself. It kind of seemed a little routine, I guess. Um, I'd had a lot of ultrasounds, especially with my second after uh, my first was premature. Um, I didn't have any reason to be concerned at the time. Um, and I was just so oblivious, I guess. Looking back, I, I feel silly uh, to think that two healthy pregnancies meant any anything or had any relation to this one. Um, but I was just, um, yeah, oblivious, for lack of a better word. Uh, I, I just expected everything was going to be just fine. Um, but I checked in. Um, and then they, they took me back to the room. I had external and internal ultrasounds, lots of measurements, uh, measuring ovaries, uterus. Um, they saw a gestational sac, a yolk sac, uh, but that was it. Um, so I was looking more like five weeks um, when, based on my period, I was supposed to be eight, but again, since I have longer cycles. Um, I kind of thought I was I would be closer to seven weeks, um, but even the the difference between seven and five just really seems like too far of a variance to have much optimism. So I was really kind of down after that appointment. Uh, my doctor called me back and shared results noting that I'd go back in two weeks and that it just might be too early. Um, just basically what the tech had, had said to me as well. Um, she offered labs and I said, well, I'm not optimistic, but I'd rather not, I'd rather do something. So sure, let's do some labs. Um, I was just thinking about like, what would I do for the next two weeks um, other than wait? So. Um, I did go in for uh, labs uh, over the, the next few weeks, um, and uh, two days after my ultrasound was the first draw, and it was around 53,000, um, and then I, I went in, I think, every other day, something like that, and then it went up to 55-ish, and then 56-ish, um, and after the first one, my doctor said that she was cautiously optimistic. Um, but I sort of already knew. Um, I'm just really a researcher by nature, so I gather all the information I can. Um, I had read some studies, um, not specifically Dr. Google, so I did my fair, fair share of that as well. Um, but having a draw of like 53,000 two days after seeing no baby or heartbeat um, at eight, or even with the adjustment based on my longer cycle length um, to say seven weeks um, was not good. Um, but based on the size of the gestational sac and the visualization of a yolk sac, that all aligned to five-ish weeks. Um, so it's just kind of a standard uh, to wait for another two weeks for an ultrasound. Um, 
So of course the the HCG was going up, um, but very slowly. Um, so the second third, and third draws definitely were not encouraging um, and really, I think, were confirming for me. So two weeks after um, I had my second ultrasound, um, I, I did ask my husband to come to this one. He arrived late, um, but maybe by like one minute. Um, I was probably two minutes early. And uh, surprisingly, um, the clinic, they were running on time. So they took me back right away. Um, and I did let them know that my husband was coming in as well. So um, we got set up, had the external ultrasound. Um, and I could see the baby uh, looking kind of cute, actually, but um, definitely small. Um, now maybe about seven, seven weeks, like kind of the gummy bear type stage. Um, but there was no movement and no obvious cardiac activity, let alone any small flickers um, that I'd seen in early ultrasounds with my, my other sons. Um, and at this stage, I should have been uh, 10 weeks. Um, I'd had enough ultrasounds to know. Uh, the tech didn't really say much, but my husband came in uh, to the exam room when he arrived and we had just finished uh, the external. Um, so the tech asked me to get ready for the internal. Um, I think they said they needed some more measurements or something. And uh, the ultrasound tech left the room and I just looked at my husband and I told him, this isn't happening. The baby isn't growing, the baby died. Um, but I got ready. Uh, the ultrasound technician came back in, uh, this time with a friend, uh, he was a male technician, um, and just confirmed what I knew. Um, nothing was said. Uh, the tech asked if I wanted a picture, and I declined. And I feel kind of sad about that now because uh, I feel to a degree that um, I was rejecting my baby, but I was just so upset. Uh, I'm still unsure about how to acknowledge this baby and this pregnancy sometimes. It's a little hard. I mean, I fell in love, maybe not immediately since this was a surprise. It did take me a little bit of an adjustment, but certainly quickly and the disappointment and the hurt of, of missing this baby is definitely still real. Um, and it's been several months since. Um, anyways, um, I got dressed after the appointment. Um, somehow, I wasn't a blubbering mess at the time, which um, I'm not sure why I feel the need to mention. Um, but then I left with my husband. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> we drove um, separately to the appointment. Um, we had both driven directly from work, so I asked him to follow me home, and I jump in his car, and we'd go get something to eat. Um, but I told a, a few girlfriends about the appointment and messaged them also when I hopped in my car. They were kind of eager, eagerly awaiting um, an update as well. Um, and I had a reply basically right away. Um, I really expected it to be something like, wow, I'm so sorry. How are you feeling? Um, but what I received was less than supportive and really hurtful. And if I'll be honest, straight out, it, it, it was just straight out asking what my doctor or the technician had said um, and didn't offer any condolences or compassion. Um, I'm not sure why I felt I needed to reply at the time, but I was just so shocked and so hurt. Um, but 
I, I did, and I, I just explained, you know, a, a text can't provide any diagnostic info. I knew I was waiting to miscarry, but I didn't know when my doctor would be contacting me to confirm this. So um, at this point, I'm just bawling in my car, parked beside my husband, parked in his car, and I, I was just really, really devastated. Um, I started grieving. Uh, like I said, I suspected strongly uh, this was going to be the outcome for the past several weeks. Um, but it was still really hard to kind of get that response um, so soon after the news. Um, my husband and I still tried to go for lunch um, just because I didn't really know what else to do. Um, but um, it was it was it wasn't something I was really up for, and we just ordered some food to go. <clears throat> I think food is a, definitely a big comfort thing in Greece, so at the time, I thought it was a good idea um, but I, I just yeah it it wasn't the right thing for us so anyways, um our appointment was at eleven a m and so I booked out off the afternoon from work. So after our failed lunch, um, he dropped me off at home. And then the medical assistant um, called me maybe mid-afternoon, noting that um, medication was the recommended route uh, based on my situation. Um, and I, I mentioned to her that I had some hesitation about this as I heard firsthand from friends um, about some really prolonged miscarriages requiring, requiring either multiple doses or uh, ending in a DNC after multiple failed attempts. And um, this timeline for uh, that appointment was also on December 20th. So I was planned to work throughout the holidays. Um, and so I, I just was really kind of challenged as to what to do. Um, I told the NA um, about my concerns that she wasn't really able to speak to me about surgical or other options. Um, so just she, she passed on my concerns. I actually can't remember what I did the rest of the afternoon while I was at home. Um, I do remember my husband picking me up to help uh, go grab our children from daycare. Um, and then I finally got the call from my doctor um, right before we arrived. So. He went in to grab our boys while I took the call in our daycare parking lot. Um, the options she shared, uh, from what I recall, were uh, wait for my body to pass the pregnancy naturally, um, which probably wouldn't be best given that my body hadn't recognized the miscarriage um, pills, so the, the medication. Um, they typically have two different medications issued, um, and in our local pharmacies, only one was available or a DNC could be an option um, potentially, but that would be as late or as early as Tuesday. Um, this was a Friday, and again, um, it leading into the week of the holidays, um, I think schedules for doctors were maybe a little bit more difficult to get into. So um, after speaking with my doctor, I decided that I'd try. I'd, I'd try the medication. Um, I really didn't want to wait um, and that a DNC would be something that we looked at if needed. I'd heard some stories um, 
again about drawn out miscarriages. And so I was definitely very skeptical about medication. Um, but given that the, the earliest DNC wasn't until Tuesday, I, I would just, medicine seems like my, my best option. I, I really didn't want to delay the inevitable. So my husband dropped me off at home with the kids and I'm glad um, because apparently there were some odd questions with the pharmacy pickup. I, I don't know if I would have responded well to that. Um, I took it immediately. Um, as I mentioned, uh, there's usually two prescriptions given um, or as it was explained to me uh, by my doctor, uh, and one is for cervix dilation and the other is um, one that uh, makes your body contract. Um, so the one for the dilation is not something that they had, um, but the misoprostol um, is what I was um, given. And I had to take it in my cheeks every four hours. So I started this around like nine o'clock at night, I think. Um, and at 1 a.m., basically everything was evacuated from my body. Um, it's a lot more gruesome and vivid um, than, than I'd like to share. Um, it was also very painful and urgent. Um, I had the same urgency with my first son's birth. Um, and, and even though the, the baby was quite small, uh, again, measuring only about seven weeks when I was meant to be 10, um, there was still a lot of pain in the moment. Um, it was just a very strange thing to go through. Um, I spent pretty well the, the whole night in the bathroom, but I suppose it was comforting to some degree to be able to pass the baby at home. Uh, I was also glad it was in the middle of the night. Uh, my kids were asleep. Um, my husband was also asleep. Um, and, and I don't blame him for that. I prefer to actually, uh, he was there for me how I needed him then. And our family in so many ways leading up to and following our loss. Um, so he's, um, I, I just really kind of needed that space to be on my own. Um, I, I should mention also, um, my mom was here visiting us at the time. So we had a holiday visit scheduled um, months earlier, even before we knew we were pregnant. Um, and that I kind of struggled with. Uh, I had to tell her when she arrived that yes, we were pregnant and no, it wasn't looking good um, and was probably going to result in miscarriage. And the timing, um, and then timing wise, it just worked out that she happened to be here um, while I was going through the miscarriage. And that was kind of hard for me. Um, I didn't really want to be around anyone, um, but she was here and we made the best of it. Um, it wasn't a very happy visit, unfortunately. It was a very strained and stressful one for us adults, I think. Um, but I am really glad that my kids got some quality time in with grandma um, and that my husband and I also had some support with our kids while we struggled with the miscarriage itself. So I um, overnight had miscarried. And then the following morning, we had a Christmas celebration with my mom planned. Um, Again, this was long before we knew kind of what the future would hold for us. So uh, we had our mini Christmas celebration and then I went straight back up to bed. Um, I haven't slept since I was basically out all night in the bathroom. So was just trying to get some rest. So um, my mom flew home the following day. That was a Sunday. 
And immediately I took down all of the Christmas decorations. I just couldn't stand to look at it, um, which is so awful. It's my, my husband's like favorite holiday. Um, but I was just already thinking about how next Christmas we wouldn't have an almost six month old baby, how this baby uh, would likely be crawling and having first foods. Um, I also have a holiday sweater that both boys have worn over the years for photos with Santa. There was just like so much going on in my head. It was, it was tough. Um, I continued to work through the holidays, but this was definitely a bit of a strange time. I'm sure there's never an ideal time for a miscarriage, of course. It's an awful thing for someone to go through. Um, but for me, having a miscarriage around the holidays was, was hard for several reasons. One, so many people say Happy New Year, uh, which is so innocuous in, in and of itself. Um, but for me, it wasn't really a Happy New Year. And two, you get asked how often your holidays went. And every time I heard either of these innocent and, and friendly and genuine greetings or questions, I just really struggled. Um, I couldn't lie, but I settled on things like, cheers to a happy year ahead, or something like, yeah, can you believe it? A new year. Um, the holidays sped by. Um, but sometimes I was also very honest and I said, I appreciate you asking. I hope you had a nice holiday. The holidays can be hard sometimes. Um, we actually had a family loss recently, but we're doing okay. Um, it just, it feels weird sometimes um, to respond so routinely to these types of questions like, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Um, we're just so on autopilot sometimes I feel. Um, I wondered for the first time, when I did answer honestly, if anyone was truly interested in having an honest answer, um, I definitely feel um, it, it's not comfortable for many. Um, I also had friends, you know, after the miscarriage saying, I hope you are well, uh, very soon after my miscarriage. And I thought to myself, do they actually think I am well? Uh, I, I was not well. People with People are so uncomfortable with grief. Um, they act weird. I'm sure they probably felt like I was acting weird as well. Um, and then I started to remember that I shouldn't feel weird in how I feel. I wasn't well, I was sad. In some cases I was downright offended by what people said or did um, and I was struggling, but I shouldn't feel bad um, for any of these things. So I know, um, Miscarriages are very a very personal thing, both your physical and emotional experience, but specifically for me, I didn't go through the miscarriage and just accept it and move on. I wished every day that I could just move on. Um, I questioned my choice on medicine versus the DNC so many times. Um, I actually bled constantly for 51 days, so that was really tough. Um, I had headaches. I was so frustrated with having to go in for follow-up checks um, just to be weighed, have my blood pressure taken, and then um, asked about if I wanted to talk about birth control. Um, also, each time I came in, I was told, maybe don't try to get pregnant until you have a normal cycle, um, which is really not at all what I expected or what I needed with these appointments. Um, I was just really struggling like 51 days of bleeding, it was, it was very, very difficult. So dealing with the physical stuff really delayed 
me, I think, on dealing with any of the emotional stuff. I think it's kind of curious that um, HCG ranges peak around 10 weeks, which is where I was around, um, I mean, maybe closer to seven, just based on the size of the baby. And so you have like a really, really high HCG, and then it declines for the rest of the pregnancy. And I re remember with my, um, the birth of my sons, my OB or my midwife appointments after the birth, um, I was always asked about how I was feeling emotionally. And uh, postpartum depression is a thing, um, but I believe it's really due to a lot of hormonal fluctuations. And um, I was just really surprised that the same kind of care wasn't addressed um, in follow-ups to miscarriage. Um, I don't know if that is the experience of others, but I thought, you know, there'd be maybe a little bit more focus on your emotional health. Um, I hadn't shared much about the pregnancy at work. Um, just really that, that core group of friends and the plan was to share when I was back in January, the first week, but that was unnecessary based on the miscarriage. Um, so I guess I was a little bit relieved um, that there were very few people um, that I needed to update um, about the miscarriage. So everyone who had kind of been, been told we were pregnant, um, they were old friends. Um, but some, I, I had a really hard time with some of their reactions. Um, and also some were really supportive and so lovely. Um, some, I, I did find out um, that they had miscarriages as well. Some I was aware of and some I had not known uh, previously. Um, and then there were also some who just didn't know what to say. Um, so it, it was just kind of a strange time, I think, navigating the different reactions and even my reactions to that. Um, I was definitely frustrated for a few things. Um, I had a few friends, even up to the day I showed the outcome of my ultrasound, um, that I was 10 weeks and no heartbeat can continue to say that they were optimistic for me, which was so incredibly aggravating. Uh, I had already started my grieving process, like I said, I shared how unlikely a positive update was based on my experience. So these comments were just really counterproductive and um, unhelpful for me. And um, it wasn't really allowing me the, the space to process my feelings and something I was going through. Um, a lot of the things that I was hoping to hear uh, were things like, how are you feeling? How can I help? Do you wanna talk about it? This is hard, I'm sorry. Um, and I did provide some direction to some people on that. Um, and there were some people who um, really took that to heart um, and respected it and some who didn't. Uh, and for those who didn't, I just really disengaged with them. And at the time I felt really guilty about that. Um, it was kind of compounding how awful and sad I was feeling um, because I felt at fault in many ways for many different things. Um, but only time has really shown me how weird and awful that was for me to really let guilt take over and be prioritized over my grief. Um, I wasn't very nice to myself. Um, and that was even harder 
with what I was going through. So rather than like understanding that I was going through a really tough thing um, and that I should get like basically a pass and especially not, not, not allow others to prioritize their feelings over mine related to my loss. Um, I, I was kind of feeling like my feelings weren't worthy or valid, um, which is a huge regret for me these days, um, especially tolerating any interactions that made me feel bad or worse. Um, I, I just really needed the space. I also had um, a lot of really great and supportive people um, during this time. Um, it wasn't all um, negative, uh, although I will say generally um, in miscarriage, uh, there are a lot of negative interactions or negative, negative feelings, but um, those, I, I did have some really great supportive outlets. Um, some I didn't even know about at the time. So I think LAMFAM uh, definitely is one of them. Um, and then I've also had a lot of friends who, who I found very helpful and supportive. Um, and most of those were folks who would really let me take the lead, um, asking how or if they could support um, and in what way. Um, those who would check in with no expectations uh, of me reaching out, just checking in, but not expecting a reply. Um, and then those who kind of ask the questions that I mentioned. How are you feeling? How can I help? Do you want to talk about it? This is hard. I'm sorry. Um, it just felt very helpless sometimes um, and very out of control. Um, so now we're, you know, a few months out. I, I stopped bleeding about mid-February. Now we're, you know, the start of April. Um, I've had a couple normal cycles, um, but right now our our hearts are still kind of focused on healing. Um, I still have some questions about a possible hormonal imbalance, um, specifically low progesterone, that could either impact the ability to get or stay pregnant. I've had, um, you know, challenges getting pregnant in the past. Um, so I've been referred out to an OBGYN. Um, but with the, uh, the health crisis right now, um, of course, my appointment has been pushed out. Um, so I'm just kind of really hoping for some answers and to understand more about our future before uh, we make any decisions about kind of what to do next um, or how and if we want to grow our family. Um, it's just, yeah, we're, we're just kind of taking things one step at a time, I guess. Yes, I feel so bad for everybody who's just kind of in that limbo phase because of everything that's going on right now in the world. Um, I think a lot of people forget about that too, you know, like there's so many women out there who are trying to grow their families and things are just on halt for them right now. Um, mm -hmm. and it's awful. It makes me so sad. But I just want to thank you for sharing your story. I always ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, and honestly, I feel like you've given so much advice, uh, what would it be? Um, I think it would just be, don't feel any regret or shame in asking for exactly what you need from those who offer support. Um, don't feel you need to engage with those who don't honor or respect what you need. Um, it's already such a tough time. 
invest time and energy in things that do help you honestly and fully unpack your emotions. I think I, I had delayed that a lot um, for various reasons, but um, yeah, this, this podcast has been one of those very important outlets for me. So thank you so, so much uh, for making this space available and, and uh, you know, addressing this uh, with the community. Well, I'm so happy that the podcast found you and you felt the pull to share and kind of unpack everything. That's what this is all about. So ladies listening, like, feel free to reach out. Like, you're more than welcome to share your story just like Karen did. And Karen, thank you so much. If somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Instagram is great. I do have a private profile, but please just shoot me a message. I'd be happy to connect. Awesome. Well, let's stay in touch. Good luck with everything. Hopefully all this craziness passes so you can kind of move on and get those answers and um, yeah, stay in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.